Podcast, all your Seattle sports, all in one place. I'm your host Lestro, but we got a team of people here. We got Marku from the Seattle Sports Twitter account. We got a, we got the Guru to come in and talk Seahawks. And uh, and here's the deal: we're not from around here, but we live here now. So you can count on us to be homers. Uh, we're here to cover the teams. We're here to analyze the decisions, and we're here to second guess ev- ev- everyone. Uh, but make no mistake: we're rooting for Seattle every time. Unless they're playing the Phillies, of course. So that's it. All your Seattle sports, all in one pod. If it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the wash. Let me bring in my man, Marku. Marku from the Seattle sports account over there on Twitter. It's at Seattle's sports with an S. Seattle sports. Marku, welcome back on the show, man. It's good to talk to you. Lestro, thank you, man. How you doing? Doing well. We got a big show this week. Uh, again, as always, football season. Seahawks dominate. They pull out a big win uh, out there on the East Coast, a, a Sunday morning game uh, against Pittsburgh. But we got a few questions for the guru. He's going to join us in just a bit. Uh, UW and Wazoo both win big. Uh, the storm, on the other hand, season comes to an end in L.A. In, in game two of the playoffs in a single elimination game. The Sounders pick up another win, though. Uh, and the Mariners actually had a good week as we hit the home stretch uh, for this team on this season. Uh and, and more, but Marku, I want to start here uh, first with uh, with something I saw over there actually on the Seattle Sports account on Twitter, uh, was that Mike Leach video that came out that you posted the other day uh, of him talking about the mascots. What is This is the greatest video I've ever seen. Man, I, I can't tell if he's absolutely lost his mind or if he's just a, a genius. I can't. Uh, he, he has gone gone wild on us. He wanted, had a crazy assessment about the mascots the other day, and it's just taking over twitter right now it's hilarious it's yeah it's the funniest thing if you haven't seen it head over to the seattle sports account that seattle's with an s sports uh, and and search for this uh because I, I that's where i saw it uh and it's it's this uh it's a video of mike leach i don't know what the question is uh, uh that that they ask him but he goes on like a battle royale like how uh, uh like how the person who doesn't know how to pick teams the, the stereotypical girlfriend in a sitcom picks the uh, the winners uh, of a team by by comparing the mascots and and he goes he goes all in on it. We wrote some of these down uh, here uh, to read them to you. He says that they must have asked him about uh, ASU first because uh, he says, uh, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. He's going to say the wildcats are out. The Trojan, he wants to know if he has a horse if he's on foot. Does he have a bow and arrow or is it just his sword? Because remember, he's a cougar, obviously. Uh, you got to figure who's going to win this battle. You got to know, is he, just, is he got a bow and arrow? Because that's the important thing if you're a cougar. Uh, a, the, the Bruin is formidable. Uh, another bear up there in Cal. The tree gets chopped down and the duck, the duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. <laughs> that may be the best. Crazy. That may be the best one. Uh, oh, the, the next one's a burn, though. Next one. The husky has no chance. The husky, no chance. Uh, that's true. <laughs> You gotta say you gotta beat the Huskies before you say that, though. Yeah, but I, damn right. Uh, but he just dis- just dismisses them right off. The Huskies, no chance. Uh, the Beaver, we'll see how long that Beaver can hold his breath. Uh, the Ute again, is he on horseback? Does he have a rifle? Because it quote because if that Ute has a rifle, there's some definite problems. Uh, you know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how to kill a sun devil. Uh, just as far as the beast alone, a buffalo is gonna be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, oh a, buffalo, a buffalo is utterly outstanding. This is this is great, man. I wish I wish we could play the sound for this because this would keep us busy forever uh, on this. The Coog will find a way. Clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and attack when you get your chances or openings uh, is the Coog. He thinks they're winning it all. Uh, I love this, Marco. Oh, uh, dude, my favorite one is the Harry Potter line. You have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how to kill a sun devil, sun devil, because there's a lot of outside stuff out here. It's just like this guy. I can't tell if he's been thinking about this all damn day or if this just springs <laughs> to his mind. Like it, it's just I, amazing. I, I love the theater this guy produces. I hadn't even considered that, Marco. I hadn't even considered the possibility <laughs> that it wasn't a question. Like this was his opening statement. Uh, like he yeah. just he just came out and you're like, all right, so here's what I've been thinking about today. <laughs> you know, he, 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 once a week 
you got to watch Mike Leach, Mike Leach's thoughts on uh, on the football pages. They're hilarious. Uh, that's great. We were talking <laughs> about him this week being crazy anyway. We're going to get to him a little bit later and the uh, and the air raid offense uh, down there in Houston. I uh, got to see this game on, on national television, so uh, that's a that, that was fun too. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, let's stay w- with the football here and get to the, the, the big story, of course, is going to be the Seahawks. Uh, they, uh, they dominate, they rule, and uh, it is just uh, they got another win this week out there in Pittsburgh after flying cross-country. As uh, If I remember correctly, you and the guru said they, they wouldn't. I, I'm pretty sure I picked yeah. them. But, you're uh, right, you're right. And, and, and the preseason predictor guru had them losing, so... You know, we we got to bite our tongue on that. Yeah, gotta have uh, gotta have faith, boys. Uh, so I'll tell you what, let's get uh, let's get the guru on the line and uh, and see what he has to say about it this week. We gotta talk some questions about this game and look ahead to New Orleans. What do you say? All right, guru, guru, are you there, my man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Victory Tuesday, baby. Victory Tuesday. There he is. You can find the guru with me uh, every week on Trash Talk Radio, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find the guru every day on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. Guru's Film Room is just his thoughts. It's great to have you back on the show, buddy. How you doing? Man, I am living a dream. Don't you pinch me, fellas. Don't you pinch me. I'm excited, man. I'm like Russell Wilson right now. I'm like Pete Carroll, baby. It's my birthday, baby. It's all about birthday right now, man. So now, Guru, I uh, just before we called you, I, I was just saying I'm the only one that picked this win here. I, I think you guys had him going the other way. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, you know, that always helps if Big Ben is out. If I know Big Ben was going to go out, in the second quarter, heck yeah, I would have picked the Seahawks my damn self. And then I would have lost that damn money, man. So I hear you, um, Lester, unless you had a birdie you didn't want to tell us about. Nah, man, I was just keeping the faith, Guru, keeping the faith and uh, and hating on Pittsburgh the entire time. So, you know, it, my, my red-hot hate kept me uh, kept me warm at night. So... This uh, big win uh, for the Seahawks this uh, this week out there in uh, in in Steelerdom uh, in in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, I had some questions uh, about this, and and I'm just going to start right at the beginning. My biggest concern in this game was that Russ got sacked three times in in, in the first quarter and four times in the first half. And Guru, didn't we fix this this summer? wasn't Wasn't that the plan? We did fix it last year, but you also got to realize, like I hinted last week, just the style of play we have with Russell Wilson. What makes him special is him making special plays, which which takes a long period of time. He extended plays, so which means he's going to be in a higher, higher level of getting sacked more because of of his skill set. So, like I mentioned, I'm not too worried about that. You said there was four sacks in the first half, correct? I think so, yeah. Exactly. That means there was zero sack in the second half. Well, well that's that true. Means we did adjust it. We did adjust it, and that's what I look at. I'm not too worried about Russell getting sacked as much because a lot of them also have to do with Russell and what he brings because nine out of ten times those great Russells play, if Russell didn't make those plays, it would have been a sack. So we got to live with it. Yeah, Russell Wilson, great day. Uh, uh, in Russ, we trust. Thank God we got him back there uh, uh, throwing. He went 29 for 35 for 300 yards and three TDs. Another great day from Russell Wilson. But I don't know, man. It didn't seem to me like he was scrambling, and that was why he was getting hit uh, a lot back there. There were a couple of those in that in that first that he really collapsed. But definitely. Yeah, I saw a couple of them. I know if Feedy. Jermaine Infinity is really the biggest corporate we have on the offensive line. He's our weakest link, our right tackle. Jermaine Infinity giving up two sacks a game, giving up holding calls. So definitely, I don't think it's, a necessi- it's necessary the entire offensive line because I think Posey do play well, and I think Dwayne Brown plays well. I just think Jermaine Infinity is the very is easily the weakest link in our offensive line. Yeah, it seems like the other teams know that too, and uh, that's gotta we gotta we gotta work on that, or at least do a better yeah, job of disguising it, it. Is there is there a worry about the our, our, the penalties we committed? We had seven penalties in the first half alone. Hafidi had three alone. Like, exactly. You know, it, it, what do we do yeah, about that? Total for the it, game. It's, it's really, total for the game though was ten and ninety three yards. So seven in the first half. Again, and, tightened it up. 
And I'm not too worried about that. As you all know, in Pete Kell's type of team, we always have penalty. This is always a common trait, fellas. It's even with this Sherman. Remember when Michael Bennett was here? Michael Bennett seems to get like four penalties a game. So as long as those guys are playing aggressively and there's, those, there's no boneheaded penalties, like more like Jermaine Speedy's penalty, the rest of them I think is more of the hustle and play. And I think Pete could live with those. But we all can't live with the holding calls and put us in a, in a bad situation. And I don't want to just put the man out there. But I do have to put it out there. It's the two weeks in a row. And he's been the glare, glare weakness in our whole offense. All right, so one more one more negative thing that I saw here because I was just thinking we're definitely you can tell we're East Coast guys because this is a win and here we are talking about what went wrong. Uh, but uh, but uh, one more is that three fumbles in two games by Chris Carson so far. Uh, I know that the first two games are basically preseason games, but this this can't go on, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? It's a great sign to see that our boy Penny actually stepped up and played had a really really good game last week. Because we don't need to see this with Carson. This is one thing Pete will not allow on his team is fumbles. If Carson now, he got a, I'm a little bit weary. I am a little bit concerned because I know it's in his head right now. It's all mental. Fumbling is the mental aspect of things because this is not a Chris Carson thing. He don't have a history of being a fumbler. So right now, it's in his head, So which means he's going to try to protect the ball a little bit more, which means he's not going to run as hard because his main focus is going to make sure he don't protect the ball. So not, so let me take that back. Not run as hard, but won't be able to get that extra yard that he's accustomed to because right now, mentally, he has to get that fumble out of his mind or else Penny would be the, the running back if he keeps performing the way he's performing. Don't be surprised if Penny gets more touches as the season goes on. Yeah. yeah I, how about Penny last week? He had uh, 62 yards on 10 carries, had a touchdown, had a nice long uh, run. Uh, I mean, he was huge last week. Yeah, and that's also, I hope one of the high saw, points. I hope, you guys, I hope you guys saw this, the little sprinkle, the little birdie I told you guys about. CJ Prosize being more of like a slug guy. So he, he, we saw a signing of CJ Prosize um, this past Sunday with three reception over there. So I look for him to be more involved in that passing game as well. Yeah, he had three uh, three receptions and, and two carries as well as they, they spread it around a little bit. All right, so let's that is one of the high points here. Let's talk about the things that went right in this game. Uh, after all, this was a win. Uh, pulled out a 28-26 victory on the road on the East Coast uh, on, uh, on on Sunday in Week 2 against the Steelers. So let's talk about what went right. I got to tell you, uh, Will Disley introduced himself to everybody this week uh, with, with a hell of a game. Uh, five catches, 50 yards, two touchdowns. Touchdowns for the tight end out of a out of UW. Great game from this kid. Absolutely love Will. The guru had him starting for his fantasy this week, man. I bench Kyle Rudolph, man. Forget you, my cousin. But anyway, <laughs> I just put that out there. My man Will Deasley helped me out. And I kind of expected that. But the reason why I expected that, I, I, I thought the Pittsburgh was going to jump on us if Big Ben would have played. So and I know Russ, he has a good relationship connection with um, Disley. So we look for that to be a, a side of more to come as the season progresses. As you all know, we had Luke Wilson here a few years ago. Russ is very good with his safety valves as far as the tight end. And Will Disley, he could block. He has great hands. He could um, run good routes. And I'm telling you, he's going to be a very, very good tight end uh, in the future. And I just see this as just a sign of foreshadowing of how our season is going to be with Will Deasley. Hey, speaking of things to come, uh, the the other one this week was uh, was DK Metcalf getting his his first touchdown uh, uh, as a Seahawk, first touchdown as a pro. Uh, he went three three catches for sixty one yards with a touchdown this week. Love seeing this. This is another uh, foreshadowing. We hope of things to come, right? Absolutely, and this is all about the offseason, man. I was watching um, Russ and DK Metcalf this whole offseason, man. They have a connection. They were working out together this offseason, and you could see that. This is not just training camp. You know, you could see they put in time and put in work. That's how you see it's a, it's a great assimilation as far as the regular season timing because they're on cue right now, DK and Russ. And like I said, that's just kudos to Russ. I even said on when I was listening to him on the Cowherd, calling Cowherd Morning Show today, he mentioned 
that um, him and DK did work out. They worked at our UCLA together, and he texted DK when he got drafted, hey, it's time to go to work. So I'm not surprised, and I'm excited. What I'm really excited about is the Seahawks are using DK at his strength. DK is not like a special route runner. What he's good at, he's a big body receiver, and they're utilizing his speed and his big body. And Russ Wilson obviously throw one of the best deep balls in football. All right, so before we move on to uh, to talk about the game this weekend against the Saints, is there anything else we got to uh, we got to talk about here? Yes, I, I got to give credit I, to the defense real quick before we we move on because I mean they 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 only gave up two hundred sixty one yards, although we gave up twenty six points. It, it was like the the two the two touchdowns they gave up in the second half were off you know terrible turnovers that we had. So just got to give it up to that man. And like Jadavion Clowney, he said a great thing after the game, being like, you know, Russ just gives us that ability to believe. And, you know, uh, it's kind of why he came to Seattle. And I don't know, it's just good seeing that defense kind of come together. Even though they gave up 26 points, uh, they, they, they held him to 3-11 three, three to 11 on third down. So just, just some solid performance out of them. Absolutely. The defense is coming along. There's still some grain holes. Trey Flowers stepped up from game one to game two. I noticed that. They still some something. They they they're not there yet. KJ Wright had a hell of a game. Uh, and so did uh, Michael Kendrick. He had a good game too. The whole linebacker course. So yeah, they have a good game. They had a solid game. Obviously, they still they still missing that aggressive defense that was known to have here in Seattle. They were still missing that. So uh, as the season progresses, they will gel and they will play faster as they all just 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 unite together. So it is it is a nice showcase. They did, especially on the road. You know, nice aggressive defense. I'm sure they could use a lockdown corner that's out there. I'm going to ask you about that before we uh... don't 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 tell me that. You know, I've been peeping about that. But before that, I want to give one kudos because last week you brought this up. You thought Tyler Luck and having one catches that could have been a concern. And I let you guys know I'm not worried about Russ and Tyler. Tyler had ten reception for 79 yards. So you see Tyler is our number one receiver. Just want to put it out there, Lestro. No yeah. concern with T. Lockett. Not at all. Russ found him this week. Those two guys uh, hooked up on what uh, what Lockett was supposed to do and uh, uh, on those. Nice to see. Nice to see that as well. All right, let's move on uh, to the week ahead. Week three here at home, uh, welcoming the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Seahawks get as, what is essentially their second game against a backup in a row as the uh, as the one and one saints are, uh, are are coming into town without drew Brees. uh not only that but they get ziggy Ansa back in this game as well as uh, as well as puna ford this should be this should be this should be a gimme right guru never a gimme never a gimme teddy bridgewater is a very competent quarterback and if you don't remember the last time teddy bridgewater started the nfl game was the playoff versus the seahawks which um, Blair Walsh missed that gimme field goal, which could have been a victory for the Vikings. We all remember that, right? Absolutely. So we use that sound all the time on TTR. <laughs> exactly. So let's don't underestimate. Teddy Bridgewater is a solid quarterback. But obviously, I think this, the, the, the Seahawks are in a very, very good situation to be at home going against Teddy Bridgewater and not having Drew Brees out of hand. So I think it is a good situation for the Seahawks. And with Ziggy coming back, they should put some pressure, and this should be a victory. But I do think um, Sean Payton is a formidable coach, so I don't expect a 27-9 loss like New Orleans did last week to the Rams. I expect a, a good, good competitive battle. But I do see the Seahawks pulling this out, being our home game. How do you see uh, Kamara running this one? I got him on my fantasy team. Uh, Kamar is a bad matchup for anyone in the league. Uh, obviously, Bobby Wagner and KJ are going to do everything they can, but uh, that's a total task to have, man. AK-41 is one of the best at what he does in the league, so I think AK-41 will get his, but hopefully it will be due garbage time when we're already up by enough points. Hey, speaking of fantasy, I got to ask, do I put DK Metcalf in over Mike Thomas? Because, I mean, he doesn't have Drew Brees throwing him anymore. And that's a good situation. Actually, I would like to put Mike Thomas this game because I do think they're going to force feed him. And that and our weakest link is our corners. Now let's just let's just be understandable. It's not the D line because we got Clowney and Jerome Reed is going to come back in a few weeks. It's not the linebacker core. We already know that our weakest link 
is the receiver, I mean, the secondary, the corner, even though Flowers played better in week two. But Mike Thomas is the elite receiver, and Mike is going to get his. He's a volume receiver, and I don't see the Seahawks having the capability of slowing him down. So I do see eight to 12 catches for Mike T for about 120 yards. Well, Guru, I am gr- glad that you brought up that the uh, the cornerback is one of the weakest positions on the team right now because that leads us right into this the final discussion point. The name on everybody's lips right now out there is Jalen Ramsey, who has requested a trade uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. He got into a he got into it this week with his coach and says there's nothing for him on this team anymore. He's got to get out of town. Uh, I, what do you think? Is it possible that we can get him up here on the Seahawks as well as the the amazing offseason of John Schneider could possibly continue? Dude, I put this up there in my in my um, Instagram early this morning as far as my top landing spots for um, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey fits perfectly with the Seahawks. The Seahawks are one of my teams that of the four that I think is a perfect fit. Obviously, he's a similar scheme he played with in Jacksonville earlier before the move to more of the zone concept. He would fit perfectly. It's an easy assimilation for him midseason because it's basically the same exact defense. But with him being here, it's going to be more of the man coverage aspect of it, what he's used to doing. So this is a great fit for him. But also, the other teams I, I think will also buy for his need is most importantly, I think the Kansas City Chiefs need him gratefully because of New England's arsenal. I don't care what the Chiefs have to do. I know they don't have a first-round pick next year, but the fact is they need someone to hold down A.B. or Josh Gordon if the Chiefs think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And in the NFC, other than the Seahawks, I think the Eagles, your team, let's show, are a number one corner away from being a solidified uh, uh, Super Bowl contender and Jalen Ramsey even though the Eagles play more zone and I think that's why I put them third on this list they play more zone than Jalen Ramsey want to play but I think the Eagles should reach out to Jalen Ramsey I'll tell you what you said uh, you, that what they're asking for him uh, you said Kansas City doesn't have any firsts uh, that's what they're asking is the rumor uh, the Jags want at least a first round pick uh, plus more for Jalen Ramsey I think that's perfect for the Seahawks because shit John Schneider doesn't use his first round picks anyway. He trades down into the the second and third round for what he wants to do. So this it, it makes perfect sense to me is to get him up here. Uh, you know what he can he can go to Philly as well. I'm happy with that. But I think I think the Seahawks are a great fit for him. Yeah, the Seahawks of all the fits, they're the most perfect fit for him. And like you mentioned, also the Seahawks really don't care about their first round draft pick. And he fits it perfectly because it's the same defensive scheme. It's the same thing he's used to. So it's just going to be so much easier as far as that adjustment for Jalen Ramsey. And after that, he will be playing for a perennial Super Bowl contender uh, for the rest of his career. So I see George, I'm John Schneider pulling something out of his hat. I really do see Jalen Ramsey being in Seattle. I'd love that because I'll tell you what, the NFC West is off to a, uh, a smoking start. Three 2-0 teams uh, with Goff. Jimmy G at a big game uh, this week, looking like he could be the real deal. Of course, we know Russ is the real deal uh, here in Seattle. Uh, jury's still out on, on Kyler Murray and the Cards, but for now they are still the Cardinals at 0-1-1. Uh, just a, a, we, could, we could use a lockdown corner up here in Seattle to take on just the division that we're in, let alone, let alone the rest of the conference and, uh, and Tom Brady over there in the AFC. See. Best division in football right here, NFC West. The best division in football by far, hands down. All right, that is the Guru. Thanks again for joining us here on uh, on the Wash Guru. You can find the Guru every week with me on Trash Talk Radio, everywhere you can find uh, a podcast. And you can find the Guru every day on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. That's Guru's Film Room on Instagram. And he'll be back again next week to talk more Seahawks with us. Guru, man, thanks for joining us on the Wash. Appreciate it, y'all, fellas. Y'all have a good evening. Thanks, Guru. All right, Marku, back just us. Man, dude, I, I don't know, man. If it's a, if we get Jalen Ramsey, I I think yeah, we right? go to the top as a Super Bowl contender in the NFC, man. That's that just seems too good to be true to have him in the backfield with Bobby Wagner. Like, come on. 
Come on, man. That gives us back to where we were with the Legion of Boom almost. And, you know, like I was exactly. saying, we need we need that in this division. There's some there's some arms in this division, man. This is an arms race division out here uh, in the NFC West. Guru's right. So it's it's the best division right now in, in football. It's it's the most fun to watch. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of fun to watch, let's uh, let's talk about the two college games this week because uh, both of them were were pretty fun to watch as well. Before we before we leave football, uh, you want to start with Wazoo or you want to start with UW? Well, let's get UW done because uh, they they got back to their winning ways, and uh, <laughs> I think Seattle fans really want to hear about that. <laughs> So uh, UW, of course, uh, dispatches the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors 52-20. to 20, uh, The Rainbow Warriors. Uh, the Rainbow Warriors, the, the fearsome Rainbow Warriors. Uh, pretty good week by uh, Jacob Eason. Uh, he went 18 for 25, 262 yards, and three touchdowns on the way to the 52-20 victory. Uh, this should help, but uh, not really, not, not really a, a, a major opponent here. No, it's not. It's not really a game that also blew me away. Um, I, I like that Easton kind of found a stride again after getting shut down basically by Cal. Uh, he found a, he's finding a, a favorite target with his tight end Hunter uh, Hunter Bryan, who had five catches, 115 yards. Uh, but you know, eat up. They the score indicated they had a huge, you know, dominant game. But there was even a little scare in the in the third quarter when when uh, Hawaii cut it to 38-20. Uh, you know, it's not it's not the closest gap in the whole world, but like just they they, they should have put up a bigger performance. Um, so there's a lot to to be worried about. Uh, UW has a big game against BYU on the road uh, this weekend at noon, uh, 12:30, and it's their first real test of the season, in my opinion. The Cal game they shouldn't have won, uh, they shouldn't have lost. So that I, I was I was yeah, that shouldn't have that. been a test. You know what I mean? That's yeah, that exactly. should have been like a warm up. Yeah, and that kind of got uh, you know they got they got screwed over by the weather and some implications and all that crap, but they should have won that game. Uh, but you know BYU big test in my opinion. Uh, they're going to Provo, very very loud environment. Uh, BYU beat USC last week at, uh, at their place, and this is also the first road game of the season for the Huskies. So that's just a test in itself for the for the team. Um, yeah, they've they've uh, they've done well in the last couple of years, but it's, it's Jacob Eason's first road game. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure they would have preferred their uh, their first road game was the Hawaii game and not the Utah game, but <laughs> you take what you yeah, can get. Yeah, trip to Hawaii would be amazing. Yeah, much nicer, much nicer road game than uh, than heading down to Provo, uh, <laughs> BYU. Although pretty country down there too. Let's not, not take no, it. No, this is a good first test for them. BYU beat USC, who was ranked last week, and knocked them out of the top twenty-five. Uh, so uh, you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a more, one of the more exciting games and a good a good good test for you know, good eye test for the for UW fans to see how Jacob Easton actually is. Yeah, up against a, a team with a better defense. Yeah. All right, so then let's switch over to the other side of the state uh, to the uh, the now higher ranked uh, Wazoo uh, Cougars, Washington State University Cougars. Uh, this game was on national television. I got a chance to watch this game. I was texting you during it because uh, this quarterback, Anthony Gordon, is is a lot of fun. And running that air raid offense that we were talking about, he threw for 440 yards and three touchdowns in this game. 440 yards and three touchdowns in this game that is that is insane marku oh man the, the anthony gordon uh mike leach combination has been phenomenal out here uh it, it's a third straight game with over 400 yards they're the air raid offenses in full force that so they're throwing it deep every time as well uh the game got off to a bit of a slower start actually it, it was a i think it was yeah. like 10 to 7 in the first half uh, it, was, it was really low scoring early on uh it picked up in the second but you know, uh, the, the air rate's fun, and this kid, Air, air Gordon, man, he's picked up that nickname, Air Gordon, and he, he's just been able to throw dimes, like just throwing it in the it's just the most amazing throws. It's, it's, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, he was dropping him in. That third quarter is where they really started to click and where it really started to light up for him. As you said, it was 14-7 at halftime with Houston ahead mm-hmm. at halftime, 14-7, to and then and then Gordon just kind of woke up. Uh, he's a, apparently like a fifth-year a fifth-year senior who waited his turn and and waited his chance to go. Comes from a family of of quarterbacks or something, and uh, is just 
out there slinging. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I watch him. I don't know if he'll play in the NFL, but I love watching him uh, sling the ball in this in this offense for Mike Leach. What what a game. Uh, the uh, the 19th-ranked Cougars uh, yeah. defeat Houston 31-24 in a game where the score wasn't, at, you know, the, it wasn't as close as the score really indicates. Right. Yeah, so Houston got a score in at the very last, a touchdown at the end of the game to pull it to seven points, but you know, there was a pretty dominant performance by uh, by Washington State. Uh, first road game for them as well uh, in a tough environment. It was a neutral site technically, but it was uh, in Houston at NR- NRF Stadium. Uh, so just kind of yeah, neutral. Good, 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 good test. You know, yeah, neutral, right? right in Houston, um, but you know, uh, you just gotta love what we're seeing. And you know what, I mean? Anthony Gordon has a, has the potential with this kind of offensive scheme to to, to shine and. And maybe even get into the Heisman conversation because because Gardner Minshew, you know, who's blossoming right now in the NFL, uh, he he only spent one year at Wazoo and and became a sensation. So, uh, you know, Air Gordon, it's it's becoming a thing. I'm holding out hope that that uh, that Minshew is the going to be the sensation. Do you see this kid? This kid is is fantastic just to watch. Uh, like off field, oh, off field, he's the greatest character in football. I hope. So I hope. Funny. I hope he pays off on field. It'd be it'd be fantastic. All right, what are they I, doing? I don't know if you watched the last game. He he played against uh, the Texans and uh, he he led them in a, an amazing drive to come to which they should have tied the game. They so they they, they let a drive which would have tied the game. But they elected to go for two points, and they failed to get it, uh, which is why Jalen Ramsey basically asked for a trade. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he was like, Doug Marone, what are you doing? You don't trust us? But, uh, yeah, dude, Gardner Minshew is, is phenomenal. The kid's sensational. He has no fear. You're right. Pre-game, he wears those crazy uniforms. During the game, he just, he'll just run right at you. He's not afraid to carry the ball. So uh, really fun to see that. And he's giving a lot of credit to the Wazoo, which is always fun to hear, uh, getting our, our little, letting our corner of the country get heard. Right, speaking of that, this uh, it uh, Wazoo uh, this weekend staying on the West Coast uh, home game uh, this week for Wazoo. Yeah, they're back at home against UCLA. Uh, first Pac-12 game of the season. Uh, it's already sold out, so this, but there's some standing room tickets available. So make sure to get out to Pullman if you're if you're in town. Uh, should, again, should be fun. This kid is is great to watch sling the football. All right, moving over to, to EW to uh, to Eastern Washington University. Uh, they uh, looks like they picked up a loss this week. Oh man! So this is a nationally televised game. Really exciting game. Uh, both power, like just really exciting offenses to watch. And Eastern Washington just lost out. Man, they just basically got screwed in the fourth quarter. I don't know what happened. They just fell flat in the fourth quarter. The quarterback was only one for eight, only threw twelve yards after throwing uh, twenty four for forty in the first three and hitting three hundred yards, but. So Eastern Washington, tough game, nationally televised, lost to Jacksonville State on the road. They started the game 14 nothing, and then they just kind of fell behind. Uh, they're, you know, they both have air raid offenses, and uh, Jacksonville State just prevailed in the second half and dominated the fourth quarter. What do they got coming up? Uh, they got Idaho at on the road at noon this weekend. So, um, you know, they're looking to bounce back. It's a, it's a, it's a opponent outside their division, so – uh, you know they're they're not they're looking to not fall to one and three on the season. It's been a rough year for Eastern Washington, playing some bigger schools and taking care of business. Uh, going to Jacksonville State was also a tough challenge on the road. So uh, Eastern Washington is looking for a bounce back. Yeah, made the name for themselves uh, last year. Was it going to the bowl and uh, and paying for it this year, getting some some more exposure and uh, some better teams uh, in the yeah. way. All right, moving off the college game here. Let's uh, let's go back to the pros and uh, and let's talk about uh, let's talk about the WNBA and uh, and and the Seattle Storm, whose season came to an end this week. Uh, Marku, I was telling you, uh, I was watching uh, some of these these Storm highlights and some of the Storm games, and it just makes me uh, as much as I love the uh, the baseball season and the football season, it makes me miss the basketball season. Uh, just watching watching them play. Uh, in there, so uh, sorry to see this go. Uh, the uh, the Seattle Storm uh, were in the uh, the WNBA playoffs, the number six seed to defend their uh, championship uh, as the WNBA champions, and uh, won their first game. Uh, two uh, single elimination games. The first game was an 84-74 win at home uh, over the Minnesota Lynx, who they uh, pretty much dominated all year. Uh, uh, Jordan Canada, Jewel Lloyd dominated. Uh, Seattle guards outscored the Minnesota guards 48 to one. 
one uh, in this game to give them a big victory and head down there to L.A. to take on the uh, the L.A. Sparks on Sunday. Uh, they were the number three seed uh, in another single elimination game. The WNBA playoff structure is two single elimination games and then uh, then two series, a three out of five, and then uh, I'm not sure what the finals is. The finals is three out of five, too, I think. Yeah, that's that's, that's correct. Uh, those those first two uh, single elimination games uh, can get crazy. The uh, the other side, the Aces won on like uh, like a, a buzzer beater, like a March Madness oh, style shot, just out of the out of this world uh, ending to that game. Uh, but uh, on Sunday, the uh, the Seattle Storm come out on the wrong side of a 92-69 score, a loss on the road in Los Angeles. Uh, they did have a lead here uh, in the third quarter. They took a one point lead in the third, uh, but could not. Could not hang on. We're overwhelmed by the Sparks. Yeah, they got uh, they got scored twenty five to eleven in the fourth quarter and just got dominated by Derek Fisher's Sparks. Man, uh, I really hate to see Derek Fisher on the sidelines out there. <laughs> you, you <laughs> I'm a Knicks fan, it. everyone. So yeah, you, you, <laughs> that's what it is. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but was, at least we know they're not going to win the championship. Then you know. Yeah, no, no, they're not. They played play the the Suns tonight, and it, it looks like the Suns are probably going to make the the finals. But uh, you know, the great, great, give, gotta give a lot of credit to the Storm and, and the way they performed this season with such terrible injuries to Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart. They they you know they had a winning record, eighteen sixty on the season, made it the second round of the of the wild card kind of playoff style. Uh, Natasha Hyward had a phenomenal season, almost MVP quality. There's co- just a couple other players that probably will. We'll get the award, but she, she finished the season with 20 points, 11 rebounds, four steals. Jewel Lloyd had 11 points in the final game. Uh, you know, Jordan Canada and Mercedes Lewis blossomed this season with <clears throat> Super on the bench. So, you know, the, uh, I think Dan Hughes had a great thing after they, the loss um, yesterday. He was just like, you know what? Everyone expected us to take a step back this season. But, you know, even even though we did take a step back by not winning a championship, we, you know, they, we took a step forward this year with how – you know, we, we got to see some great players shine, and, and we're going to have our stars back next year. So, uh, lots to look forward to for your Storm fan. Yeah, this season is an unmitigated success if you're a, uh, if, if you're a Storm fan. This this was a team that lost uh, the MVP and the GOAT uh, for the entire season. Their coach started the year with a, uh, uh, getting cancer treatment and, and wasn't coming in until late, and they still somehow managed to get the number six seed and make it two rounds deep uh, into the playoffs with all of that adversity. And, and, and you're as you're saying, breakout stars. Uh, Natasha Howard is just a breakout star uh, from this team. Jewel Lloyd playing great. Uh, Jordan Canada is the other one who really, really stepped up uh, with Sue Bird out and and just uh, made another name for herself. This is a really good team when all the stars get back. I hope they can find a way to make all these pieces fit into a cohesive whole next year and just and just dominate. This is like an all-star team next year, you know? Exactly. And and, and the team also didn't have a home all season. That was consistent. They were point. moving around Everett to, to UW Stadium. So just Lots to deal with this season, um, but got to give a lot of credit to, to, the, to the culture that the Storm have created. You know, they didn't they didn't let it get to them. Uh, they didn't tank or anything like that. They're, they're going to be back stronger next year for sure. Yep, City of Champions here in Seattle. City of Champions. We got a bunch of them. Uh, uh... With the with the storm, with the Sounders, with the uh, with the Major League Lacrosse, uh, Sea Wolves, and with the Seattle Mist, uh, the football team. I, I forgot to ask Guru about that. That uh, he was talking about them this summer. Seattle Mist being the greatest female football team ever assembled. They went out and they won a championship, uh, the LFL championship. So that's yeah, congratulations. That's a bunch of championship teams here. City of Champions uh, in Seattle. Uh, so uh, the Storm uh, champions for another uh, week or so as as. Uh, they they come out of the playoffs. A lot to look forward to, though. Next year can't come quick enough, actually, for this. This is going to be an exciting year. Uh, according to the Seattle Times, here's what they're saying about the uh, the team splitting, uh, where they're going uh, for the year. Natasha Howard will be playing in China. Uh, Jewel Lloyd, uh, also an all-star, is, is returning to Spain. Uh, Alicia Clark and, and Sammy Whitcomb are playing a second straight year in France. Uh, point guard Jordan Canada is going to train with the U.S. national team in Florida. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, Let's see. Uh, Kalina Mosqueda uh, Lewis plans to train in Southern California with Brianna Stewart recovering from uh, an Achilles injury. So they're all going to still be out there. They're all going to still be playing and coming back to uh, the storm next year. Uh, looking looking forward to next season. Excited excited for the next season of storm basketball. Even though this one didn't quite go as planned. Mm-hmm. 
All right, moving on here from one uh, current uh, champion to another here in the City of Champions, the uh, the Seattle Sounders FC, uh, hanging on to second place in the Western Conference, we said last week, picked up another win this week, Marco. Yeah, so the, they got a big win, a 4-2 win at home against New York Red Bull. Uh, keeps them in second place, one point ahead of Minnesota United. Uh, Sounders, so they took a 2-0 lead early on, uh, with Morris and Ladera scoring the first 23 minutes. Uh, Morris actually got his goal in the second minute. Uh, uh, you know, it was exciting, but then New York eventually tied the damn game. <laughs> so, uh, but we, we clapped, we clapped right back with a goal by Victor Rodriguez and then Ladero closed the game, uh, in extra time with another goal to spread it open. So just another good game. You know, we're kind of getting prepared for, for the playoffs right now. There's only about a month and a half left. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of that, that time where you just got to keep, keep up, uh, where you are in the, the, you know, the standings to get that wild card bid and all that stuff for the playoffs. Yeah, Seattle right now in uh, in second place in the standings. Uh, they've got a, a record of 14-9-7. 14 wins, 9 losses, 7 draws for uh, for 49 points. One point ahead of the Minnesota United and uh, and way back in the LAFC uh, right now. Just uh, just running away with the, with the conference at 19 mm-hmm. wins and, and 64 points. Uh, next game for the Sounders is uh, they are hosting FC Dallas uh, uh, on Wednesday. Today, Wednesday. Uh, is their their second and final meeting between uh, the teams? I got a little guide here that the uh, the team put out uh, uh, some facts and, and figures about it. The Sounders uh, fourteen and nine. Uh, let's see the uh, we, as we said, uh, FCD is twelve eleven and seven. They are uh, eighth in the West and not shouldn't be a playoff. So this this should be a pretty good win uh, for for the Sounders. We would hope they uh, although last time they played the teams played in June the Sounders fell two one to Dallas uh, in Dallas. Uh, uh, so who knows anything going to happen on this one, but should be a should be a pretty good uh, matchup here to uh, to go see on Wednesday here at home in Seattle. Yeah, and then we got another uh, match this weekend on uh, the road against DC United. That should be a little tougher tougher match, um, but you know just kind of need to hold it down. I think uh, I think our offense Ladera has been phenomenal this year. Uh, I'd love to see Rudy Diaz kind of pick it up again, like where, where he was in the beginning of the season. But uh, the team's been fun, second place, can't complain. Um, just, just the whole hoping to hold on. All right. So from the Sounders hoping to hold on, uh, where we go next? Let's talk a, a little bit about the other, the other soccer teams here. Let's do a, a soccer wrap up heading down to a Cheney stadium down there in Tacoma, uh, home of the, uh, the Tacoma Rainiers whose season is over, but it continues for the two soccer teams that share the home there. The, uh, the rain FC and the Tacoma defiance. Who do you want to start with Marco? Oh man, Rain FC, they are holding on as well. They have about I think, four games left in the season, and they're currently in fifth place, tied with Utah uh, points wise, who are in fourth, but they're trailing them gold differ- with goal differential. Yeah, and one, of those, one teams, of those soccer tie breaks that they always have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then one of the top, only the top four teams make the playoffs in the women's soccer league. So uh, just a really intense couple of uh, games coming up for them. But last week, uh, they won two to two, I mean, they tied two to two on the road against uh, Washington Spirit. And this upcoming week, they have a home match tomorrow, actually, on Wednesday uh, against the Utah Royals at 7 p.m. And the Royals are the team that they're tied with points-wise for fourth. So it's a huge game. Uh, Then they also have another game this weekend at home against Sky Blue at 7 p.m. Basically, they just need to start winning out at home and tying on the road like they've been doing uh, if they want any chance to hold that spot. Yeah, and they got to beat Utah, as you said, uh, tied with Utah, but trailing goal differential. It would be nice if they could uh, beat them and beat game. them handily and uh, and make up some ground uh, on that one, too. And then, again, another home match this Saturday. Uh, big uh, big week for Rain FC fans there at Cheney yeah. Stadium. So that means if the if the rain is home, I'm sure the Defiance are on the road, right? Right. The Defiance will be on the road uh, this weekend. Uh, the, tonight they actually played Real Monarchs at home and they lost four to one. Uh, they one. just continue. They just, they're five, five and 18 on the season dead last 18th in the USL. Um, they have about five games left in the season. The, the last three games have been outscored like 12 to two. It's just been a tough year for the Tacoma defiance. I have no idea what the, their issues are. They just, they just are terrible on every side of the ball. Um, so they have, they have a road match coming up against Portland Timbers two, seven 30 on Friday. You never know. <laughs> you never know, but uh, this season uh, over uh, for the Defiance. Best, best logo, worst season in the area. Go by the go, go by the merch, but uh, but not 
not championship. Yeah. But year. if you're if you're in Tacoma, make sure to get to Chain Stadium for the Rain FC games because they're yeah. going to need your support. And those ladies can ball. Uh, if you ever watch one of those games on Yahoo Sports TV, they can ball. So make sure to watch. All right, from uh, uh, from soccer, let's uh, let's head over and talk about uh, talk about some baseball here. Uh, as we always say, the 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 less we talk about the Mariners, the better this season. But actually, <laughs> a pretty good week uh, for the Seattle Mariners, all things considered. Picking up two series wins, they went four and two since we last chatted, uh, Marku, with series wins against uh, Cincinnati and Chicago. Uh, won won two out of those games, but of course. They went total Mariners on us in one of the games here. Did you see that game Thursday against the Reds? They'd won two in a row against the Reds. Could have swept them in Cincinnati. Uh, and and they, they led 5-2 in this game uh, after six and gave up five runs in the seventh and four runs in the eighth to lose the game 11-5. This game is like like a perfect encapsulation of this season, you know? Uh, it just, uh, just coming in swinging. Now, this game also had a couple of, of big rookie moments and starts for us. A lot of rookies uh, started this uh, season for, for the Mariners. A lot of, lot of young <laughs> kids because we're processing. This one had two of them in it, uh, including the de- debut of Justin Dunn, who is uh, the pitcher, started this game uh, at, at, for, the, for the Mariners. The number five prospect, he is uh, ranked as the number five prospect for the, for the Mariners, uh, started his first major league game. Uh, the kid lasted two-thirds of an inning. He gave up five walks uh, and had two runs on 37 pitches. It, uh, I don't think he gave up any hits, but he gave up two runs on five walks in, uh, in two-thirds uh, of an inning. He's got an ERA of 27, but... <laughs> wow. You gotta get That's that, terrible. Get that debut out of the way, though, right? You know, like, uh, we'll see. We got, we got, I think we get one, maybe two more games uh, with this kid before the end of the season. Hopefully he'll be able to calm down and actually get himself through an inning here uh, in the major leagues because he's, he's a better pitcher than this. Uh, also, I don't game, know about that. <laughs> well, we'll see. I guess he's supposed to be a better pitcher than this. Uh, also, that game, of course, uh, continues the uh, the rookie uh, uh, is Kyle Lewis. Uh, uh, he uh, in that played in that game as well, making his name here. Kyle Lewis uh, this week three home runs in his first three games uh, in the majors to tie a major league record. He was the story of the week, Marku. That's how it goes, man. That's how it goes with Mariner fans. We have a story of the week. We just have one guy that does great for a week, and we get super excited. You got to get behind something here. Obviously, we can't get behind Dude, the it's, bullpen. It, no, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, the more, the more we give like credit to one guy succeeding, the less we're gonna pay attention to the problems that we're having on this team. I don't know. I, I, I just have an issue with every time. Like Daniel Vogelback had an amazing couple weeks stretch, and everyone was like calling him the goat, the Bambino. And then now we got Kyle Lewis and everyone's just like, Oh my God, I can't wait. This guy could be the next Griffey. Come on. I mean, I just, I, people like to jump the gun here. I understand we're very, very desperate for some, some, some good news around <laughs> here, but something come positive on. here uh, that we can, we can cling on to. Although Lewis, I'm sick, of it. I'm sick of seeing all the stats. Like Kyle Lewis had, had he, he's gotten, he's rounded more bases than anyone ever in the first six games as a Mariner. I was like, who cares? That's like, that. that's like, that's nothing. That means nothing. <laughs> like, like it's just, it means nothing to me. It's just like, wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what does mean something is the fact that he looks like a pretty good player. I think uh, I think that that's going to be important. I don't know if there's a spot on him on this team though. Uh, is is the problem as an outfielder? That's a crowded outfield out there. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be room for this kid. Uh, we'll see what he can do here. We'll see what he can do in spring. But I'll tell you what, making his name known uh, right off the bat, uh, giving us something to talk about here at, at the end of the season as we limp toward the end of another miserable season of Mariners baseball processing though. It's all about these kids, Marco. We said this in the beginning, they were going to lose. They were going to lose big. We knew they were going to lose. It was about watching the kids. You got to get excited about watching the kids. These are the kids, man. You, you want to know something positive? This is the last road trip of the season. That's positive. I'm happy <laughs> that this is finally almost over. <laughs> that is positive. Mariners pick up a win uh, tonight in Pittsburgh. First of three games in Pittsburgh. Uh, they've got a, a series in, uh, in Baltimore hey, against the Orioles. Pittsburgh's dealing with some weird shit right now. I don't know if you heard about the pitcher out there. No, what happened? He he's gotten he was he's under arrest right now for soliciting sex with a minor. It's just uh, just just a mess. Oh God, that's terrible. 
Uh, yeah, just a mess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stay away from Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> good advice in general. But uh, the Mariners there for the two more nights, and then in Baltimore, wrap up the season uh, on the road. And uh, not wrap up the season, final road trip of the season uh, in Baltimore. These are all winnable games uh, for the Mariners because uh, these these are two teams that are, are at least. Uh, the Orioles are are even worse than the Mariners. This, uh, if, <laughs> yeah. if you want something positive, watch this game. These games against the Orioles, because at least the Mariners have hope uh, and prospects that the, the Orioles hey, don't. Then they're back. I, I can be. I could definitely be positive, man. I, every time we play a bad team, we actually do well, and you know, I, I I am pretty happy about that. Every time we play to, uh, to, to our opponents' level, you know, we we do perform well. The Tigers games, all the other Orioles, we do win against those teams. So so if you want me to stay positive. Uh, that is the bright side. That's what I'm talking about. All right, then home again next week for the final homestand of the season. Uh, two games against the Astros, four games against the Athletics to close out the season. Final game of the year is Sunday, uh, next Sunday, the, the 29th uh, against the A's. Uh, get down there and see some baseball. Uh, I, I, God knows I have to uh, in that series. i got to get down there at some <laughs> point. Uh, Marco, one more note here on the Mariners. Uh, this weekend uh, on Saturday was the official um, Ichiro farewell on this. It was Ichiro night on Saturday. Uh, the big news out of this is that Ichiro spoke in English. We've uh, we've uh, known this guy for 20 years. We've never actually heard him talk. Uh, he always speaks through a translator. Uh, he always speaks in Japanese. Uh, it's been said that he speaks perfect English. Uh, he, he just doesn't want uh, doesn't want to be uh, misunderstood. Doesn't want to risk being uh, misunderstood. Speaks in Japanese. Spoke in English to uh, to thank the Seattle fans. Said that uh, when he retired. In uh, Tokyo earlier this year, we all remember that great moment, uh, just a mm -hmm. touching moment to start the, the season uh, at the Tokyo Dome. He said it wasn't quite right because he wanted to share it with the Seattle fans, and he got to do that this weekend. Uh, so one final send-off for Ichiro, who you know I like to put in the discussion uh, for the GOAT in baseball. I think he is uh, one of, if not the greatest players of all time. Nobody hits like him. Nobody plays right field like him. Uh, Ichiro is just a, a great uh, uh, in the goat discussion, and uh, and and good luck, good luck, Ichiro Suzuki. Thanks for playing here in Seattle. It was a pleasure watching you play. Yes, thank you, Ichiro. Uh, he, he's he's a phenomenal player. It's such a such a like I don't know. He just doesn't love the spotlight. So it just it was great to see him just kind of get that. Yeah, twenty years I've been out here. First I heard him talk. <laughs> All right, Marku. That is uh, that is what I got this week. You got anything else we got to talk about? Uh, I think we're good, man. I, I just want Seahawks to beat the Saints and get that 3-0, and man. And I want Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, let's get both <laughs> of those. Let's get a W and let's get Jalen Ramsey. I think this week is the last easy week, and then we gotta then we got to worry about it. And, again, <laughs> not easy, but uh, a week they should win, uh, taking on New Orleans without their star quarterback, uh, with, uh, with Teddy Bridgewater in there, who is uh, – not Drew Brees. All right, that is our show this week uh, on The Wash. Uh, you can find Marku over there on Twitter at Seattle Sports. That's Seattle's Sports with an S. Seattle Sports on Twitter. Uh, our thanks to the guru for joining us. He is, of course, uh, with me every uh, every week on Trash Talk Radio, anywhere you can find podcasts, and on Instagram at Guru's Film Room. Guru's Film Room is just his thoughts. Uh, until next time, remember, if it happens in Seattle Sports, it comes out in The Wash. Thanks for listening.